Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business as People podcast. All right. We're excited to have Steve Nassinio, who is the Business Development Officer at Satera System. Steve is an accomplished results-driven business development executive and a business owner. So his current role as the business development officer at an IT managed service provider that offers computer technology support to a variety of businesses in the region. And Steve's mission is to increase the productivity, security, and profitability of small and mid-sized businesses by aligning their IT network infrastructure with their business goals. So he's passionate about providing services that's viewed by clients as exceptional. So Steve, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, you and I have always chatted offline, and we we kind of geek out on similar things like golf and yep. marbles. And then I was like, it's time for you to come on the show. I think we have a lot of very similarities and our passion around you know how we balance work life or life as I call it as a whole. I don't think there's a separation around that. <laughs> <laughs> now I want people to hear, kind of understand like your philosophy and a little bit of history about who you are as a person, as a leader for your company, but also in the community that you also support. So tell me a little bit about. The company that you're doing now, like what are you guys are doing and how are you supporting, you know, folks that you service? Yeah. Well, before I get into too much of it, I guess, you know, to answer the first part of that, my desire in terms of how I interact with people really came from way back when. And the reason I got into my first business, physical therapy, was because I generally care about people. Uh, I had always had an interest in, in taking care of people. And frankly, when I got into physical therapy, I did it because I didn't want to do sales of all things, right? So, you know, I went through that process. I opened a practice, you know, ran it for a number of years. And during that time, I realized, that, well, doing sales anyway, they're doing business development and communication and, and education is really what it comes down to with the patients and the people that are interested in our business and so forth. And you just kind of learn that translates to everything. And so with the transition to IT managed services and this business development role, I really came about as a, a next step. I decided that it was time to move on from physical therapy and I had an opportunity to work with a very close friend of mine who's grown this company over a number of years. And we have a great relationship and we have a very similar vision of what we want to accomplish. And, you know, he knew my background in terms of my own business development and all the stuff that I learned over the years as a PT business owner. And they asked me to come on board. And so I've really taken the same approach that I had in PT to what I do with you know, people that I talk to about IT. And that's really, a, you know, that prescribing approach. Provide them some education, understand what their needs are, or understand what their challenges are, and provide them with some potential solutions for, for overcoming those challenges. That's essentially what I was doing when I was in physical therapy. And you're just relaying it to, you know, a business conversation around uh, technology. And so it's been a fun ride so far. I've been at this for the last year. And, you know, as a result of the efforts, I've made some really great relationships, including you know, you and some of the people on your team, and I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. There are certain things that we learn, and and, and that's actually great because I think people don't know that you, you came from a PT background in physical therapy, and I love physical therapists. I've had three knee surgeries, tore my ACL, and like loved what you guys do. I mean, it's so necessary. So it's wonderful that you created that environment. What are some key learnings from your experience, like? you know, running that business or even like there is biz dev. When you're running a business, you're naturally doing biz dev, right? If you would have peel that and, and really just look at like, what were the key traits or learnings or lessons? What are those and how does that apply to what you're doing today? Sure. You know, I think the one thing I really learned about, and this is really a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, but nobody 
cares how much you know until you show how much you care. All right. And it, it applies to everything. And certainly one of the things that made us stand out in the physical therapy industry is that we, I think as a whole, as a team, we were always about over-delivering and, you know, providing beyond just getting somebody over their pain and, you know, being able to walk again. It's like, no, 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 there's more to that. You're a human being, you have other interests, you have other activities, you want to be active. It's not just about getting out of pain and letting you walk down the street again. It's about how can we take the problem and advance it to a point where now you can do everything you want to do again. And you're, you're happy, you're active, you're playing sports or you're going up and down stairs or you're able to work and pick up things that you need to pick up and, and do so without pain. All, all that added stuff that, you know, how can we take them beyond just solving the, the pain problem or the injury problem? And so it comes down to the lesson learned is really, you know, you have to over-deliver, you have to show up and be in connection with the individual and really understand what their wants and needs are. And, and then, you know, be conscious of those wants and needs throughout the process. It's not just, hey, come on in for physical day. Oh, thanks for telling me everything. And let's get you going our program. And you just forget about that stuff. It's, there's a continuance of that conversation throughout the process to make sure that at the end of the day, when you're done in therapy, that they're ready to go, that they're happy, that they've achieved what they want to achieve out of the program. And, and, and that applies to really any business. And certainly it applies to what I'm doing with IT management and having those conversations really understand what the business owner or business executive or decision maker around technology needs and what their challenges are. If I don't take the time to do that and just brush it off in, in terms of trying to get them to the sale conversation, I've learned and certainly early on, it's going to fail. It just doesn't work. You have to dig deep. And that's really what it comes down to is really digging deep with people and getting them connected with you and being connected with them during the process. I think a lot of sales people or consultants or managers like what you're saying they all say something similar right and it goes back to like showing that you care showing that you really care about the success of their business and what do you feel like the the difference makers and is it a certain question is it a certain action that you know is what because in a way prove that you're in it with them you know you're in it with them to really help them and not just be you know a transaction Right. You know, that's, it's a good question. I think um, because the, the process now is certainly a multi-step process. It's not, you know, people aren't just looking at our website or receiving a direct mail piece or looking at our social media posts and going, oh, I just need to jump right in and, and buy from this guy. Before you even get to the, the conversation of whether they do business with you or not, there's that whole relationship development piece. So a lot of the time, there's not really a, a question about technology for me it's well what are your challenges you know what keeps you awake at night what are some things that are working well for you really it's through more understanding the business itself and if i can't necessarily provide a solution are there other people out there that have other skill sets that might help that business person so even with our current clients i always ask them in our quarterly and or biannual meetings say hey what else is going on in your business what other ways can we support you by way of connections or introductions or systems processes that we might be aware of, because I want to hear that. Because if there is that connection, then I want to be able to make it. You know, even if I don't do business with them, I'm happy to refer to somebody else because that'll plant a seed that hey, they did something good by me, and keep it in mind for future reference if they ever need IT services. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's building down that relationship piece and showing that you're authentically mean what you do. 
you know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier, I didn't want to go into sales way back when, it was because I always felt like salespeople were just trying to, you know, make a sale and they're kind of pushy. And that wasn't me. And I want to have a genuine approach. I don't want people thinking I'm just out there to, you know, push something on them that they may or may not need. It's, it's hey, let's develop a relationship. If something comes about of it, great. And if nothing ever comes about of it, but we've developed a good relationship, well, you may know somebody that needs me someday and, and vice versa. And so that's just my general approach for doing what I do. And I think it's the, the right approach these days, especially where you have a lot of people who are still doing the pushy sales thing. And I just don't think that works. I think people are a little smarter in who they want to engage with from a business side of things these days. Yeah, it's really a, a certain mindset from what I'm hearing is looking beyond just the transaction or providing the solution for what they're asking for IT services, but like really holistically understanding their business as a whole. Cause then that might open up other guidance that you can provide that they didn't know that you probably could service. And as a professional, you, you can't just be siloed in what you know in your industry. Everything is interconnected. All these departments are interconnected. You have to have some flex into understanding how IT is actually affecting other departments, which really is a business discussion. Then that opens up like, oh, wow. Like, you know, Steve really gets our business because he's really understanding how like his IT services actually makes an impact negatively or positively on other departments or even like our growth plans. So it really sounds like having the mindset of like, I'm not just going here to like do IT. I'm going here because I want to be a partner and understand holistically what you're doing. And to your point earlier, if that's something you can't do, you probably know someone to introduce them to, to help them. It's something I say pretty often, rising tides lift all boats, right? So we're trying to surround ourselves with other professionals so that we, we can provide value to our clients all the time. Cause it really comes down to your network. Yeah. Something I am training my kids, though smaller, but just to understand why it's so important, like relationships and just fostering those network. Cause you never know when someone could be helpful to you. So it's really having that right mindset of like looking beyond just the transaction, but understanding like, you know, what a whole business is. So you have an advantage, Steve, right? Cause you built a business. So you have to see all those nuances of business and growth and challenges. What if someone wasn't an entrepreneur like yourself? So like, how do they learn that mindset to holistically view a business? Yeah, that's great. So just relating on my experience and to some of the things you just said, you know, we both know as business owners that a business is made up of a bunch of systems and the systems aren't just siloed, they're interactive, right? And so a couple of years ago, as a side gig, I did some business coaching for you know people in my space and other industries and always had that mindset, hey, look, if you have challenges over here that are taking away from what we're focusing on over here, we need to find a way to see how these two systems integrate and then provide you with some solutions or guidance on how to integrate them, but also solve the problems in each, right? So for me now, my approach is that for any commission I would make for any small business owner or entrepreneur is understand the process of what systems are in your business. You know, my first business coach and get a business coach, by the way, and a mentor, somebody you can rely on and learn from, because if you're not doing that and constantly learning, you're just going to stagnate your growth and stagnate your own business's growth. Fortunately, I made the smart decision of hiring coach very early on in my PT business. And the first thing he taught me was systems and we built on it from there. We really kind of looked at every system in my physical therapy business and said, okay, how do we constantly improve these things so that we continue to grow and expand and, and serve more people in the community? And that mindset is, is so important to be able to learn, be aware of the systems. And then sometimes you get, you know, in a stagnated process and maybe you're not getting the growth, even though you know all the stuff, sometimes you need to work on your own mindset. 
And so being aware that there are uh, coaches out there that help you with that as a business entrepreneur that understand the challenges you face, the frustrations you face, the, the psychological, you know, for lack of a better term, BS that you go through and put yourself through, right? That can provide that guidance and how to mitigate those negative feelings that maybe bog you down and, and maybe prevent you from growing. So I've been fortunate to also have a coach like that that helped me for a number of years and, and really changed the, my attitude in a lot of ways at a time when my previous business where things were not going the way I wanted it to. So it's being aware of not only the various systems, processes, and opportunities to work with other people, but also being able to let yourself be vulnerable and open up to somebody who can help teach you to how to do things better. Yeah. I, I like the fact you brought up mentors. You know, that's something even as an entrepreneur myself, like once I started to surround myself with mentors and advisors, because you can feel like you're in the silo or like this little Island and you really get a lot of different great perspectives, soundboards. So, you know, even your sales career, you align yourself with other salespeople, high producers, low producers, because you get perspective on both realms. I think it's always nice to also, you know, pull someone up below you, right? So you're paying it forward. So you're not just like surrounding yourself with people that you feel are successful or doing a great job, but also helping others below because you're learning from them as well. They might have different experiences and then it challenges you to kind of apply your experience as a sales professional to like, okay, how do I solve this problem for this person who's asking for my help? And I think it just makes you a better person overall. Serving, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. And that's the thing. It's about serving, you know, and I, I love it. It, it, there's nothing like feeling good about helping someone, you know, no matter what it is, even if it's, you know, just some side advice that brings them up, makes their day better and gives them an opportunity to move forward. So, uh, yeah. A lot of that wisdom, Steve, comes from failures. We might call them lessons. I like to call them lessons. What are some of like your bigger like lessons that you've experienced and has right. resonated and what are some takeaways from it? Yeah. You know, so you know, Early on, when I had the PT business, I also been exposed to people who are like, oh, we should create multiple streams of income. And okay, great, let's go do that. So I tried a real estate investing company and I developed a, a batting cage in the, you know, the facility that we had our PT clinic and all these businesses and juggling those things all at once. And, and frankly, that was a problem. Just taking on too much is one of the lessons I learned is that you try to take on too much and you don't have the right processes, the right people in place, everything suffers. You know, if the PT business didn't grow as fast, neither of those other two businesses I mentioned did very well. And ultimately, you know, we moved on from them, right? So that was one of the lessons. If you try to do too much and not have the things that you're doing focused in, in some way or another in, in a similar silo, then you're going to have a problem. We ended up years later opening up a physical therapy new location and we put a fitness center there. Well, there was some better alignment there because we always felt that people should move on into a long-term health and wellness process beyond physical therapy. So we felt we could really encourage them to do that. What we learned though, is that's easier said than done. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot of education that needs to go into that. And fortunately we, we did very well in that gym business for a number of years until, and this is the second lesson, I, you know, we took our eye off the ball. And I say that in that we brought in a person who was our general manager of that fitness center and put a lot of trust in her. And for a while she was doing a great job and we could see the growth of the company. And then we gave her too much control, took our eyes off, you know, what she was doing and everything else. And years later, you know, a couple of years later, we're noticing the, gro the growth stopped and we're actually losing money. And we realized that there was a problem because of her. And there was some things she was doing that negatively impacts the business in a significant way. And again, that was our fault for really not keeping the eyes on the prize and just having some system of process of 
evaluating her consistently and making sure that she was doing the right thing. So yeah, the people you take care of in your, your organization, people that work for you, yeah, you want to give them some leeway. Yeah, you want to give them some guidance. Yeah, you want to you know hold them accountable, but you know you don't want to get lazy in, in making sure that accountability stays in place and that you're providing them with the support they need to continue to excel and do better in their own roles and, and move the company forward. So that was a, another hard lesson, but it was a good one to learn. <laughs> I just think that second lesson is always a challenge for businesses today, especially with a lot of remote work now, right? So they're updating their systems. How are we not micromanaging but managing to improve efficiency, but also letting our team members empower themselves to be resourceful and solve it. So there's a balance there, but I think it's still important for leaders. You know, to, you said earlier, you took the eye off the ball and it was on us or your fault. And I really feel like at the end of the day, it's the top line that they're responsible. So even it might've been a departmental error, but that error was probably because someone in the top didn't for, foresee or forecast that error coming. And because you don't want us really put on if it's middle management fault like everyone's accountable one way or another but really understanding a pulse of what's happening with technology now there's a lot of ways to do but there's also the human aspect to it there's a balance between like you can only leverage technology so much then there's nuances i think of like having a person and i think that's a skill set that someone has the ability to kind of foresee things have better conversations i think to nurture and train and coach versus telling like being just like a boss I feel like leadership now is a lot of it's uh, coaching and mentoring versus just being like, here's what I need to do and just do it and figure it out. Tell me a little bit about your style, Steve, when it comes to encouraging and also like coaching other folks within your team. You know, if there's an error, something went wrong, like what's your approach to that? The first thing for me is always understanding, you know, say if an error comes up, it's, it's understanding both sides of the story. You have to say an error with the client and you get the client's perspective and then you talk to the team members and say, well, tell me what happened here. And just to get that understanding because more often than not, you find that there's a little bit of responsibility uh, on both parties. And, and so what do you do to mitigate that and improve it? Well, first of all, with the client, you do a little bit extra, you show them you care and, and whatever that is, there's a variety of ways to do that. But at the same time with the employee, it's really, okay, well, digging down and getting them to maybe see what happened and why it, it, it negatively impacted the client. And then providing not so much telling them what to do, but helping them figure out what they could have done and let them work through it a little bit. That coaching element, not just let me give you the answer, go ahead and do it. You know, what are your thoughts? How could we have done this better? What are some of the tools that maybe would would be applicable that would have made this problem go away or maybe not had it at all? You know what I mean? So it's, it's really about, for me, it's about just that understanding and not getting and I used to be bad at this when I was younger. I used to be like, bro, oh, it's your fault. I learned the hard way that that's just the wrong way to manage people. So it's now more of just a, a collegial conversation that, okay, what do we need to do to make sure it doesn't happen again or support you in a better way so that you're not put in this position? And more often than that, it works out great. The hard conversations come when you see the same pattern of things being done over and over again, and they're not improving despite, you know, putting the effort into to coach them along. And in those situations, that's when, unfortunately, sometimes you have to look at maybe another person coming on or maybe looking at that particular person in the role they're in and saying, is this the right role for that? Is this a good fit? And if it isn't, then can we put them in a position that they're going to be more successful in, within the company? If not, then unfortunately, there's those decisions we have to make every now and then to let people go. But you know, ultimately, that for me and in, in any company I've been in, it's always about let's figure out what 
the best way to help the, the employee work through the, the situation, get better at what they do, and feel good about the process. So they stay engaged and want to continue to work there and not feel like they've been you know, reprimanded in any way. And then, you know, let them go from there, let them prove themselves from there. The theme is you hear it over. It's like it's people. A lot of this is it's yeah. really people, people really is. management or, you know, and I think I might have asked this question offline before, but like, you know, what was one of the biggest challenges that you had to grow your business? Could you shed a little light or some context there? I think a lot of businesses are trying to figure out how to scale and we're, we're in this really tough situation here where there's maybe not enough talent out there. You got this big, you know, what they're calling the, the big resignation. So tell me what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly more challenging these days to find the right people. And for me, it's always been about culture, right? Whether it was PT or I, I want to be in a business where we have fun, we get along, we engage, we have communication, and it's more personalized too. Like, hey, I, you know, how's your family doing? Or, or how's that trip you're taking? And, and getting into that personal connection piece, because that's what makes people feel good about coming to work, right? It's a little more challenging when you're doing stuff over Zoom these days, but it still can be done. At the same time, having that culture and getting that person with the right attitude, that is the biggest piece because I've always felt that if you have that person who's engaged and loves your company and wants to do well, training them is easy. I mean, training is not easy at all. It's a process, but the training piece to get in and do what you want your way, you know, in think way, the Sitar way, the all access way, that stuff is system stuff. That's stuff that if you're a smart business person, you're going to have systems for training that are going to allow them to succeed. But it's the people interaction piece that still comes first and foremost, especially if you're trying to develop a culture where everybody's getting along and everybody's engaged to do what's right for the growth of the company. I look at a friend of mine who owns, a, I'm sure you've heard of Chris Coughlin at Coughlin Company. He's a good guy, built an incredible business, but the culture there is incredible. My son started working there and, and first day he gets there, he gets all the swag and he's welcoming from the team. And those are lessons we can learn from companies like that because they're doing things the right way. They're supporting not only their people, they're supporting the community, they're doing right by everybody. And that's the type of business I think people want to work for these days. They want to feel good about what they're doing in their jobs. Yeah, I agree. I think the culture is the core to solving a lot of the issues when it comes to performance, because mm -hmm. most people are trying to look for that performance culture across the board, all departments, but at the root of it comes back to, to the culture, but the culture can't be forced. It organically has to be developed, but it also has to be shown through leaders and other influential people, you know, like saying is one thing, reading the mantras and the missions and the values, but then you have to exude it. You have to execute on that. Right. And then everything just comes through osmosis. It's a ripple effect in, in sales and biz dev, Steve, right. I feel like, and I did sales many, many years ago, and I've done it for many years. It's a roller coaster. And, and sure during COVID majority of people had different ways of selling because it's face to face. And now it had to be offline and virtual. So their ways of how they, they were building their pipeline, their ways of how they're connecting people had to really change, which probably really put a lot of anxiety for folks in, in the sales role. What advice would you give to someone who is in that slump and how to get out of it? Yeah, I'd say a couple of things. One, if you're in a slump, step back and work with somebody, a sales professional, sales coach, mentor. There's plenty of good ones out there. Interview them. Find out what, which one's resonating with you. I was fortunate enough to come across a gentleman named Larry Levine from Selling from the Heart. Just the guy clicked with me, you know? And so I said, all right, we're going to work on improving my process. And, you know, it's been great working with us. I've learned so much and, and it just felt authentic in terms of my approach. There are plenty of people like that, that, that out there that can help any salesperson get out of a slump. And again, it comes down to 
I think just being authentic in your interest in getting to know people. So one of the things I do in my prospecting efforts is connecting with people on LinkedIn. And my approach is not, I'm connecting with this person because I want to do business with them. I'm connecting with this person because they have a business that's interesting to me. It might potentially be a client, but if I can get to know them and, and learn about their success and show them that I may have some connections for them that might help their business, that is going to build that relationship. And it's a long-term play. It's about being patient. That's the, the other piece. You got to be patient these days. You can't just expect you're going to get in and start selling somebody out of the gates. People are too savvy these days. I think the biggest business executives out there, they've seen it come and go. They've seen everything in terms of, you know, salesmen bombarding with emails and especially the emails that are, you're not expecting, you never asked for, and they still get them. And you're like, did you ask my permission for this? No. And, and I've done that too. And I understand when somebody calls me out and I'm like, yep, you're absolutely right. I appreciate you saying so. It's part of the process of marketing. But at the same time, you know, you got to realize that, okay, if I cross the line, I'm going to respect you and I'm going to find another way to develop a relationship that makes sense. So be patient, you know, be authentic in terms of your connections and then get some help if you need it because there are great people out there that can help you get out of a row. That's the hard thing because sales and marketing is so intertwined. You know, we, we talk about demand gen as a, a strategy. Demand gen, to your point, is that patience, that authentic growing because you're basically doing buyer's enablement. You're letting the buyer have the opportunity to understand all the information, get pricing if it is, find understanding the case studies so that when they're right, because like they're savvy, they're going to find the information. It's either going to be through research or through conversations with peer groups, people, forums, social media. So you have to put all that information out there. So I think as a salesperson, you need to be in all those different channels, yep. right? To foster those relationships authentically. And, and then it will come in. And I feel like once you start to establish a cadence in those different areas, it starts to compound. There's like a momentum, but the patient part is hard. It's like, you know, if you're working out, trying to do a diet, anything that takes time, but the, the, the benefits at the end is tremendous. There's a lot of those things in our lives, you know, so it's just really getting back to that mindset to buckle down, do the right thing, and it will come. But if someone's like, you know what, Steve, I'm hearing you here, but like, I can't wait. What are some short-term advice you can give to someone to maybe try to get short-term wins, for example, you know, or, or, or just like progress? I mean, maybe it's not closing a deal, but just making the most high impact in a, in a short time frame. Well, so for those people who need results now, I mean, and you know this from just from a basic marketing concept, sales concept is 95 to 99% of people who see your you know, blog post, your video, your ad, whatever, they're not ready to buy right now. They, they want to go through the trust building piece. They want to learn and, and trust you before they're going to engage with you. So again, the patience piece is big piece, but okay, well, all right, how do you more effectively get that? The attention of people who maybe want to do business quickly, if, if that's what you're thinking here. I, I, it still comes down to doing a great job of direct response marketing. And, and, and you can't do good direct response marketing unless you truly know the industry you're looking to serve. You truly know what their challenges are. You truly know the pain points that they're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis. And that means doing some research. So you want to get kicked started, go do some research in an industry that you want to target businesses in, understand that industry, interview some people in that industry, get to know what keeps them up at night, get to know what their challenges are around the product and service that you might be offering and write it all down and then develop marketing content that engages them at a level that makes them go, oh, 
this guy actually understands me. This guy knows my business. You know, maybe I do need to get in touch with him sooner than later. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I think salespeople can do. And if they have a good marketing person to work with them, they should be talking, having conversations about really understanding their businesses that they're targeting and not just this shotgun approach of trying to get everybody and anybody to do business with them. Cause that just doesn't work. Cause you're not showing that you understand the people that you're really looking to serve. That's well said. And when you say serving, and I feel like, you know, folks that are successful like yourself, Steve, they're doing some type of connectivity with their community. So like, how are you or your business connecting with the community? What are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, so certainly within our own client community, we send out technology education tips. We're doing newsletters. We're continually following up with them on the phone, make sure they're, you know, everything's going well and we're serving them the right way. But in a general community, for example, for me, I've always participated in a chamber of commerce and I do belong to some networking groups, but this year I got elected as chairman of the board for the Marble Regional Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, I don't take that responsibility lightly. There's an oversight of a community of board members. We're all volunteers, but we're in it to improve the business community in the Marble region. And, you know, it's not just, I'm going to put this title on my LinkedIn profile. No, there's some responsibility there in giving back and helping other businesses and, and making them aware of everything the chamber offers. And in doing so, I, I take that patient approach that if I do good by these people that are now under, you know, kind of my watch, so to speak, as chamber chairman, then they're going to recognize me at some level as somebody who's done good for the community. And potentially that leads to a referral or a connection or an opportunity to do business with them. So those are the things that anybody can do. And it's actually very rewarding. It gives you a lot of positive and in terms of making those connections with people and if you do it the right way, then, you know, you'll be able to generate some business for yourself long-term, but you do have to be patient and you got to be real, you know, just got to be real with people and, and do some volunteer work. I did some volunteer work during Thanksgiving where I was in a food kitchen helping create meals and it was great. It's met a lot of nice people, but it's like, Hey, I'm giving back. That's, that's a positive thing. And no matter what you do, and it's certainly a way of making you feel good and get yourself out of rut because you contributed to society in general. Yeah, I think it goes back to the intent, right? Some people know, okay, I can join this board. I can be here. I can do this. But don't just do it for, to your point, put on the resume or, or said that you did it to share with other colleagues. Do it because it's intentional. You want to do it. And then to your point, eventually what happens is because you're serving or, or you're doing something that makes you feel better, there is this physical and mental side of you that grows. And then as a result, you're performing. Yeah. Uh, and it's all these nuances that's really interesting to see when a person, it clicks for them. Yeah. You know, and, and to, to your point about that growth is just those opportunities to connect and help people in, in those ways. You now you have the opportunity to learn from them. And, you know, because there's so many smart people out there, it, it only helps with your own personal growth as well by participating, engaging, by giving back to the community. So that's what I love about it. You know, I've, I've learned a ton just from being around the, the business community and doing what I'm doing. So what does the business community mean to you? You know, it's just a term, but I think not enough people describe it in a way that they can articulate it clearly. It's not just a business community. Like, what does it really mean? Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's a group of people who are looking to serve others. I mean, what are we trying to do? You're in business. What are you trying to do? You're trying to serve on one level or another, whether it's a product you you put out in the market or whether it's a service you're doing, you're trying to help people in one way or another, uh, achieve something or get something or whatever. And if you're doing it in the right way, then, you know, people are going to remember you. 
So the business community for me is a group of people that have a similar mindset of trying to do right by others. And, and because of our different experiences, it also is a community of, of shared knowledge, uh, of shared engagement and opportunity because we're all in the same boat, so to speak. You know, you talked about that island earlier, but no, there's a bunch of us. There's a bunch of little islands around here. Well, let's, you know, get these islands and boats closer together and, and have some conversation on how to engage as a group of people, connect with each other and serve others. And I think when I look at a business community, that's what I want out of it. You know, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm striving for. Are there business people out there that don't have that same vision? Probably. But the people that I try to surround myself with, you know, are those people who have that vision of community and, and want to do right by others and, and help each other at the same time. I mean, you're doing a lot of things, Steve, right? So you're, you're volunteering, you're a family man, you're a golfer. So you're getting your me time, which is important. And then obviously sales is a big part of, of business growth. So how do you like manage all that stuff? I think everyone's always trying to figure out the secret sauce, right? Like how do you stay organized, focused? Can you tell us your routine or just give us a little insight of what works for you? Yeah. So I've, I've gotten to the point where as far as the, the business and life balance, you know, I have some boundaries that I've set. This is my time for, for me. This is my time for business. This is my time for family. And, you know, it's rare that I break those boundaries because uh, I want to have all those things I need for my own personal health, my family's health, and of course, the people that I'm serving in the community, they all need a little bit equal attention. And I don't want to, you know, give one too much attention because it just takes away from everybody else. So that's one of the things that just set the boundaries of this is the time and this is non-negotiable. Okay. And when it is negotiable, it's very rare. So that's the first piece. Secondly, as far as my day, day, I use a calendar. I mean, that's just one of those tools for me that just works. Like I plug everything in. I set my schedule. I know when I'm supposed to do certain things that are going to help the growth of the business. I know I have time for community relationship development. I have time for prospecting. I have time for marketing development. It's all scheduled and that helps me to keep on track. And then I have time to open where I can, you know, have time to do stuff like this on a podcast and, and be able to speak to, the, to people or have a, a time to do a one-to-one on -one, a Zoom call or meet with somebody out for coffee. I, I block those times, you know, keep those times open uh, because that's important as well. So but if you have a schedule and you can start plugging those things in the schedule, not and not with stuff that just is there to make you busy, but stuff that actually important uh, and, and you prioritize those things that are important on the calendar, then you'll still be productive. You'll get the results you want and you'll still be able to create some work-life balance that keeps you happy as well. That's awesome. This time flew by with us today, Steve. I so know, right? uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So I really enjoy all your insights and Tell us a little bit more, like just wrap up here. So what are you working on? What's stuff that you guys are focusing on right now? Sure. Thanks for asking. You know, for me right now in our company, focus right now is really working with manufacturing uh, companies. Uh, and the reason we like working on manufacturing companies is they're a good challenge for us. They have some intricacies. For example, you know, being able to take technology, their information technology, and merge it with their operational technology. And I see the two of those things sync and then be able to be a guide for making those things, those processes work the right way. Manufacturing companies have a lot of that. Compliance is another issue in the manufacturing space where we can be of service. So it's an industry that for us provides a lot of challenge, but also it keeps us on our toes, which makes it interesting for our techs to work with and so forth. And it's also an industry that, you know, there is that appreciation level. We have a couple of clients in the space that just flat out love us and they talk about us, they, you know, they're willing to make connections for us. And that to me is rewarding because we're being able to utilize our skills at a high level, prove that we're doing the right thing and then be rewarded by, you know, companies that enjoy what we do. And 
So manufacturing is one of those industries that we get a lot of that satisfaction out of. And so we've been focusing on that in terms of making connections, doing marketing, doing outreach, all that stuff. And we're hoping to make some more connections, not only in the, for, for the, you know, the company decision makers in the, that industry, but certainly any associations that are looking for some educational content that serve that space, we're happy to provide that. It's just a way to get back and also just provide some necessary education around technology that will benefit any business, whether they do business with us or not. We've definitely seen a boom in, in opportunity in the manufacturing space, just folks who've been finally pushed over the, the edge to get that digital transformation, but really be aware of like, you know, the nuances and importance of, you know, cybersecurity and, and, and just like the internet. So that's amazing. So if people want to get a hold of you, they had some follow-up questions. What's the best way for folks to reach out? Sure. So certainly please connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, you can find me, uh, Steve Massinio is my profile, but also my email address is stevem at citara, C-I-T-A-R-A systems.com. Happy to connect that way. And of course, they're more than welcome to reach out to me on my cell. Of course, I'm maybe open myself up to a lot of phone calls, but that's okay. It's what I do. 508-942-3229. <laughs> well, that's very generous. And we'll put all this stuff in, in the notes so people can see that. So Steve, thank you again for everything that you do and, and welcome you back uh, soon. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Appreciate it. No problem. Cheers. All right. Take care. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at or message me on LinkedIn.